This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hello, I'm Vulture Senior Editor Jesse David Fox, and welcome to another episode of Good One, a podcast about jokes, or in some cases, sketches. I say that because this is an example of such. So uh, a bunch of episodes ago, we had Vanessa Bayer on to talk about Jacob the Bar Mitzvah Boy, but at the end, I asked her to tell me everything she can about the creation of the Totino's Trilogy of Sketches. For those unfamiliar, for three years... 2015 when J.K. Simmons hosted, 2016 when Larry David hosted, and 2017 when Kristen Stewart hosted, in the episode before the Super Bowl, Saturday Night Live had a sketch that started as an ad for Totino's Pizza Rolls, but then slowly turned into something else entirely. Here's Vanessa explaining the origin. So I wanted to do something about Totino's, and I often will play those kind of like commercial women, moms, and we were talking about it. And I wrote it with Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly. And then somehow I I wanted to do something about how women have nothing to do during those or how they're portrayed, like in a way in those Super Bowl commercials, like they're like just doing nothing while the while the guys, you know, I've just played that woman a million times. But getting to do that and those tropes from those Super Bowl commercials of like the hungry guys and stuff. It was so fun that we got to do it three years in a row. This episode, you'll get the full story, as our guests are the writers of the sketches and former SNL co-head writers, Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. Chris and Sarah were responsible for some of the absolute best sketches during their run on the show from 2011 to 2017, like Dude on My Twin Bed, Back Home Ballers, Wishing Boot, The Bagency, The Wes Anderson Horror Trailer, Crucible Cast Party, and so much more. And now the two created The Other Two together, a show about what happens when your little brother becomes a breakout pop star which currently airs Thursdays on Comedy Central. How this episode will work is we'll go one installment of the Totino's trilogy at a time, starting with 2015's Totino's Activity Pack Super Bowl commercial. They all have visual elements, especially the third needs to be seen, but you can definitely get a sense from listening. And if it isn't clear in the interview, let me just say I truly love these sketches, so I, uh, I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. So here's Vanessa Bayer and J.K. Simmons playing her husband, and then Chris, Sarah, and me. Who's ready for some more Totino's pizza rolls? Oh, I am. Thanks, honey. You're the best. Anything for my hungry guys. Now get out of here, you. The game's on. Okay, sweetheart. I'll be in the kitchen if you need me. When it comes to the big game, I love feeding my hungry guys. But now what? I normally just sit in the kitchen, waiting for them to ask for more delicious Totino's pizza rolls. But that can be so boring. Well, not anymore. Introducing Totino's new Super Bowl activity pack for women. It's full of fun little puzzles and games to keep my mind active and learning while I wait back here. My hungry guys aren't the only ones having fun today. With my Super Bowl activity pack for women, I can spin a little top. (laughs) Connect the dots. Oh, look, it's a little bee. (laughs) Do a word search. Hat. Become hat. (laughs) Count my own money. And plenty of other activities I can drop at a moment's notice. Honey, we're out of pizza rolls. Coming right up. Oh, my favorite. Look, honey, it's a little bee. Yeah, we're also out of beers when you get a second. Anything for my hungry guys. Hey, does your wife want to watch the game with us? No, she's good. She's got her little activity pack. 
puzzles and games, my activity pack comes with one little Totino just for me. Is the game almost over? No, it's still the first quarter. Well, I already did that whole activity pack you gave me. We'll open another one then. Okay. Anything for my hunger? Go! The Totino Super Bowl Activity Pack for grown women ages five and up. I'm here with the the writers of the sketch you just heard, Sarah Schneider and Chris Kelly. Thank you for joining me. Hi, Jesse. Hello. Thanks for having us. So I want to set the start from the beginning and set the stage a little bit. I'm going to run through your history so quickly <laughs> so we don't have to go through it again. Cool. It's interesting because SNL hires people individually and then they like naturally become partners. So to set the scene, you're you're both hired as full-time writers in 2011 season, though, Sarah, you were a guest writer for five episodes in the season before. Correct. The first time you met was briefly on a college humor short about Zelda. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. So the first episode of 2011 season, you work together in some capacity on the fr- uh, for the first time on a sketch with Nassim Padrad, where she plays the daughter of a child psychologist. Wow, yes, yes this is thorough. Yes, I know. And then over the course of that year, you like work together or don't work together. You grow, you you bond, and then by the beginning of the second season, you are a team. Can you remember a specific moment in that time period where it felt like things locked in, where it was clear it was a sensibility fit, and like what was that sensibility fit? Yeah, when we first started writing together, I think maybe one of the first things we realized we had in common was we like to take very small things and blow them out of proportion yeah. or or a lot of things that were based on our childhood or growing up in suburbia. So we did like this hometown ad, which was like an ad for going back to your hometown. It's like a tourism ad. Yeah. Yeah. But then even like a lot of our sketch- sketches, like Back Home Baller or Do It On My Twin Bed, I think have a sense of like taking a nostalgic thing. And, yeah, and, Christmas and Mass Spectacular. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> your promoter writing supervisor would suggest uh, a certain amount of trust put upon you. Writing supervisors tend to write a lot of the show. At this point, you know, you had in the season, Back Home Ballers was the season, Wish and Boot was the season, The Dudleys, Christmas Mass Spectacular was the season, Hillary Clinton is but on the horizon. <laughs> uh, so it is uh, Monday before the Super Bowl. <laughs> J.K. Simpsons is the host. Is anything at all being pitched in the pitch meeting about Totino's in general no, anything no. like that? Well, I think everyone knew, oh, it's the Super Bowl. Chris and Sarah have got this week on lock. We will take the <laughs> yeah, Super Bowl. Us. Yes. No, I think it started, Totino started because Vanessa, Vanessa pitched a version of this character as a live sketch. Mm-hmm. And I think either pitched it to us or was curious about someone writing with her. She had yeah. like the idea of this woman, right? Or this voice. She was just like, you know, how it's, in those commercials, there's always someone being like, my hungry guys. That but was then like didn't really know what it would piece. be or yes. what the premise yeah. would be. And I think then we pitched the idea of this a video version of that. Yeah. And the, like the joke of it, yes. I think, or something. Was it, so that would be on like Tuesday. She's talking about what she had in mind probably or maybe monday night she had mentioned she had this voice or, or this the idea of this woman and then we yeah. probably thought on it overnight and then pitched her our i take think so on i think that Tuesday. was exactly it yeah 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 i think what talking to her she was like no she didn't know she just goes i had the word she had the idea of totino's uh-huh. and i think my hungry guys yes oh great right. yes we were right okay cool and i think that was it but it is interesting because like it's similar like with Jacob where she's like, I have this phrase and the entire character is the fact that she says, my hungry guy. Yeah, we did another, I did another sketch with her very quickly. I'll just say this Dove commercial that was also just based on her being like, mmm, or like one small sound and we did an entire sketch on it. That but was it like, is so weird because sometimes so a cast specific. member will say like, oh, I have this idea where I say like, 
Mm, and you're like, cool. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. But then sometimes it will just hit you perfectly. Yeah. I don't like know why. Kate. The idea of this. Uh, Kate won. Oh, yeah. Kate, Kate was like, I want to do a sketch where I go, no. Like says no <laughs> in an Australian no. accent. <laughs> like, That's not a thing yet. Well, I think if we had been in our sixth year, we would, sixth year, we would have been like, we don't have time to do that. But our first year, we were like, okay. Yes, we'll it, figure this out. It, it did. We yeah, wrote a sketch and it, it went. But it was... <laughs> I don't know why sometimes just will hit you, but Vanessa yeah. doing this woman, I just made our brains go to places. It just she worked. Was I mean, just it was so, so funny. Good about calling out the specificity of this thing, and it just happened to be yeah, yeah, it happened to be something we also found funny or had noticed or or you know it works when someone does it to you and you're like you said two words and I can picture this woman's entire yeah. life. Well, that's what's. I mean, Vanessa in particular is so good at. She has like so many very, very specific Specific. women (laughs) with like small ticks and personality traits that are so unbelievably small and nuanced that are just perfect. You're like, oh, I I just know, I know this woman's entire history. Do you talk it out or you just sort of know? It's just sort of like, we all know what this woman is. We can write it. <laughs> I don't even really remember. I think we probably improvised it. Yeah. Yeah, we would just kind of improvise it and like take notes and then see what makes us laugh the most. With this first one, we definitely took her character and took it to kind of like a darker place. Well, because Vanessa- was on board. And, but also Vanessa is specifically so funny when uh-huh. she's like sad. Sad, yeah. When she's kind of smiling, but <laughs> smiling she's just- Smiling through pain. Yeah, smiling through pain is Vanessa Bayer's real. <laughs> Ooh, she's perfect at it. It's her yes. sweet spot. So what was the sort of evolution of the idea where you're like, oh, activity pack is the sort of thing. <laughs> the manifestation of like this person's- I don't know. It just seemed so perfectly rude to her. We liked that it was so rude, but phrased as such a compliment, just like a true fun thing. Honestly, this woman will enjoy and like you can enjoy the game. Your woman also can have a blast (laughs) that it's phrased as just like a helpful thing to like help her while away the hours. (laughs) But then just Vanessa, she's so funny. Just her like slapping that little gooey hand against that. That was my favorite moment. (laughs) That is so funny. You've said you you write often by what's something we hate. What do you <laughs> what do you hate that this is the subject of? This was sort of like a we were calling out that those commercials are just like so focused and marketed to men, and like if there's a woman, she comes in to bring beers and then disappears. <laughs> <laughs> and that is that is was the impetus for this thought process just being like where does she go well that's I mean, even <laughs> Vanessa being like my hungry guys yeah. is so there's so much rudeness baked into that like yeah. a woman doesn't talk like that and it's it's just that it's my and I don't yeah, know yeah and it's so, all about like it's her role during this fun time is to like bring them treats yeah I think it started with us being like well then where does that woman go yeah, exactly. like she delivers the tr- well I think we were like she delivers the little <laughs> treats and then, and she, then just she goes, goes into the kitchen, kitchen and she stands absolutely, <laughs> absolutely still. still for three hours until someone like calls her and so we were like I think yeah then yeah. we were like she needs a little she's something to do back there or some cards or something to play with while she's back there <laughs> do you watch commercials for actual Totinos before you're writing fake commercial co- I, I'm, I'm always no, the first 30 I, seconds where you're like or they have to Oh, oh Yeah, yeah. We the, did once yes. we knew we were going to write it. Yeah, yeah. Any time we write a sketch that is like a parody of something or supposed to be a real commercial, that fucking 30 seconds before <laughs> the joke is the worst, <laughs> hardest thing to write. Because like we've brainstormed the jokes and then we know how that goes. Yeah. But every time we start, we're like, I don't know what he says. What does the guy say before the woman <laughs> before who's the funny comedy. comes in? <laughs> Uh, you mentioned a little bit, but I think the question everyone's been waiting for, literally, how do you write when you're two people? Oh. It's one person typing, is the other person throwing the tennis ball against the wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We 
One of them has has an activity pack, yeah. <laughs> and we just do it in the back. Yeah, I do the writing, and Sarah plays with an activity <laughs> pack. Um, we usually, because on writing nights, we usually write between four and five things a night, so usually we'll switch off like taking notes, so yeah. someone will sit at a computer. Mm-hmm. But usually it'll be me and Sarah just improvising, or, or Sarah and me, and in this case Vanessa, just like shooting the shit for an hour or two and brainstorming and improvising as many things as possible. And anything that seems remotely worth typing down, whoever's typing will do it. And then we spend all night doing that. So for five sketches and we'll switch off typing. And then we usually sleep for two hours Mm -hmm. and then wake up. And then we each put together half of them. And then we read each other's first drafts and then punch them up or edit them. And yeah, it's a real negotiation because sometimes it's like, I don't want to put together the cold open. Please (laughs) put together the cold open. Or Or it'll be like, I'll do two if you do the cold open. Yeah, (laughs) or it'll it'll be like like mind games where I'm like, you know, I actually, I want to do the cold open, but I just, I know Sarah, when we were taping it up, you really had a handle on the way that opened. I just feel like the first page. (laughs) Thanks. That's really sweet of you. You mentioned the hand sticking, like for those physical elements, like is that a thing that will be renounced? Like, oh, she'll have one of those toys that's like, you, uh, sticky yeah. hand. Hand. I mean, some of the stuff you can improvise like on the day, but for a lot of stuff like that, the schedule is so quick that you really, everything has to be scripted because I mean, if you write something into a script, props and, and yeah. costumes, yeah, everybody thing. has to make that appear in within 45 minutes, it seems like. so. Oh my God. I remember when Andrea brought us that the prop master brought us the prop for the first time. It was so funny. Just like seeing all the little things in all the little compartments. We were like, what was this? How did you make this? Yeah. Do you remember anything from the table read of that sketch? <laughs> this one very specific sketch of the five sketches. I know. It is weird because I don't, my first answer is no, but it's also because you write so many things and you yeah. don't really know what will work or not work. Yeah. So we certainly didn't go like, wait till they hear that. You know, you just yeah. are so tired and you're like, oh God. And honestly, if you I have do- five, you're like, oh, I just, as long as one <laughs> yeah. goes, just so we have something to do this week. Yeah. I feel like we wrote so infrequently with Vanessa that I do have a memory for all three of these, her just like pushing it through at table. She yeah, was yeah. so specific and so funny. And it was the reason we wanted to write it was the reason it went. Yeah. People just like recognize that woman. Yeah. And then the take was kind of <laughs> rude in a I good also, way. <laughs> I also could see one of the reasons maybe it worked at the table. I mean, fully because of Vanessa's performance. Yeah. Yes. But because of the table, a lot of times there's like big characters or big funny mm-hmm. voices um, and high energy things. And so I think Vanessa waiting for the attention to be on her and being quiet and then being like, my hungry guy. Like, we maybe yeah. even give her a microphone so she wouldn't have to project. When and where is this shot? And do you remember anything from just shooting it? This Honest. was a long one. Now oh, you remember. Yeah, it was, yeah, it, it was This long. was a particularly long. It was on a set though, right? Yeah, it was on a set. I don't know why. I, I forget what else was shooting that week, but it, you know, there's always like three videos that yeah. balance and, and sometimes it's like, oh, Vanessa's in all three. So she's, you know, running back and forth. But this one was, I think, Friday night very late. I think we maybe yeah. wrapped at like eight in the morning on Saturday. Yeah. So Vanessa probably only got a couple hours of sleep before going into the the run through on Saturday. Yeah, it was a. I think was also it was because usually there's for a product commercial, a fake product. There's one product shot, and this had like a dozen, just because there were so many little things that we wanted oh, little yeah, inserts yeah. of. We wanted her holding somewhere. There was like the shot of the sticky hand is like a racking shot that had to be timed. There were just like all yeah, these little yeah. elements. That added up. <laughs> JK's performance is really interesting. And it's like the propulsion of this. Like it heightens because he is increasingly mad at her. Mm-hmm. Do you yeah, remember yeah. sort of how that was written or his performance? Because it's borderline like harsh. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he <laughs> yeah. say, wait, what does he say at the end? He's one point where he's actually he's very mean to her, like, get right? get back in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that is a good example of, 
I would think just um, randomly that that would be too much or that that would not work, actually, being fully mean to her. But it's Vanessa. Yeah. Yeah. And Vanessa can make that moment funny and not too hard just because she's, I don't know, she's so perfect at, she's just so funny. There's also a moment in that where, where JK is like perfectly dopey where he's like, she's just back there doing her little activity pack. And I think that then allowed him to be like, just go. And also he had done whiplash where he just was so like, we all knew him as like a mad screamer. So it was almost a parody of that in a way, or like he he was allowed because it wasn't like the shock. It wasn't yeah. shocking. We yeah, all... uh, other than the scream at the end, I guess, which <laughs> I'm just go. remembering now. Any <laughs> <laughs> the music cuts out? Oh God, it's really and she just keeps smiling. But other than the scream at the end, I think we what we did like about it is that they're not even mean. The guys aren't even. It, they're not mean. It just doesn't yeah. even occur to them that this woman should be talked to yeah. in any other way. <laughs> and honestly, the guys are probably like, "This is a great product." She's back there having a blast. Yeah. <laughs> How much? Is this sketch done in the the edit? And in in general, you know, the thing about pre-tapes is the ability to edit. And what do you think generally that brings to a a sketch? Oh, my God. Absolutely crucial. Yeah. We would like, I mean, we loved spending all Saturday in the edit for as much as time allowed. We just like loved being in there because it really is. I mean, you know this. It's like it could come down to truly like two frames and you're like, oh, now the entire commercial works. So especially for like this one, we wanted to mimic the tone of that. But we also there are so many like hard cuts on her vibe with like the guys yelling or where it's just that. It's it's harder when it's small, when it's a small performance, because you really need to make sure that is like executed perfectly. So the sketch airs. Did you get any notable feedback? Audience producers, Lauren Michaels, did he like, this is my favorite thing, can't wait for next year? Lauren kissed us both. We- <laughs> he thanked us. <laughs> the best <laughs> feedback we got was from Totino's. The first year t- Totino's responded. They sent us free Totino's. And I, it was I will say that was not the best part for me. <laughs> I did just mouth to you quietly. I don't remember that. <laughs> Um, that's my favorite part. And then we ate Totino's for weeks. Well, because I was like that commercial, it wasn't, it wasn't like a takedown of Totino's. It was a takedown of like Super Bowl commercials, but it's not like the best for Totino's. I was like, actually, I remember because Cecily and Vanessa would write those uh, porn star sketches together Mm -hmm. and they would get like champagne sent to them after they did a champagne (laughs) commercial. And then we got like Totino's. So we're like, should we be writing parodies of better, of things we want more? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A year passes. The Mm -hmm. Super Bowl is coming up once again. We again step up to the plate. (laughs) Sports number one sports fans. What? We push everyone aside. Get out of the way, Brian Tucker, the person who started literally a a sports sports sketch. Larry David is the host. Mm -hmm. So you know you guys will be busy doing Bernie stuff. When and how does it come up to do another (laughs) Totino's? I think we just, we loved that first one. And we just... Yeah, don't get to do stuff with Vanessa that much. So we were kind of like, what's could we continue to play in this world? But we did go in we I think Vanessa was maybe like, what about this lady? And but we knew going into it that we would not want to just like keep playing in the activity mm-hmm. pack world. We would want it to be completely different, have a different tone, just because we yeah, that's my, what we like yeah. to just like ch- change. My memory of the second one was like almost resistance to being like, because yeah. you don't really do sequels to videos. That doesn't yeah. make sense. You can do different yeah. music videos. But, but not like commercial video, parodies. Is it, you know, yeah. Yeah. it had never been done. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> no, but um, it, it felt like weird to do a second one. because And then the yep. third one, we knew ahead of time what the yeah. idea was going to be. But I think sitting down to come up with a second one was 
stressful or I think we were very much like, let's talk about it and if it doesn't work, we'll bail on it. How did you land on the idea of the- I don't know. Do you know? I truly think it's like we were brainstorming how these commercials go and Chris- like lawyer talk literally was like, I think it's just like the guys would be like, go, 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 go. Oh, so, that's what it was. Yes. saying the yes. same thing over and over again where I was oh, like, yeah, that's what we it were was. like, this is like robotic. This is. Yeah, that's what it was. We just lashed onto the idea of like, go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, that's what it was. Yeah. I was talking. Oh, I know now. Oh, oh I shoot. love a podcast. This is fun. I was cast so many times in mod sketches at UCB mm-hmm. where, you know, I was an actor on a sketch team and sometimes a sketch. I should have been in. And sometimes I was a guy, so they put me in them. Sure. And a lot of sketches, it would be like lights up on a bunch of guys watching, and they'd be like, go, 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 oh! And then the scene would start, and I always felt so inauthentic being one of those guys doing that, and I was always very aware that the audience was like, oh, Chris, poor, they needed (laughs) him on set. No, Chris, pulled it off. But I just remember (laughs) thinking that that was like a funny, like, way. And we all, like, it's not funny in the moment. We all know that that's like a good... Okay, now I, I get it. They're watching the sure. game. Yeah. Um, but we started talking about how stupid that was. Yeah. But then, you know, blew it out to a, a really creepy idea. Level. Yeah. My husband and his friends love to watch the big game, but all their cheering and shouting can make them pretty hungry. That's why I love Totino's Pizza Rolls. The only game time snack that satisfies my hungry guys. Go, 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 And Totino's pizza rolls aren't just delicious. They're also easy to make. Simply put... Go, 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 Wow. There really is a lot happening fast in this big game. So this Super Bowl... Why not treat your hungry guys... The Totinos are ready. Hope I'm not interrupting the big game. There's nothing on the TV. The screen is completely black. Go, 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 go! Touchdown! Steven, what's going on? What have you guys been shouting at this whole time? No, 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 off, oh, Okay, ha ha. Very funny, Steven. Now cut it out. Go, 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 go! Touchdown! Why are you doing this? Brittany, get in the car! No, 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 no. Off, This one has a different structure than the first in that the first one establishes its premise and then you're yeah, like, well, yeah. well, where this one, it's on to like the middle where you know what's happening, mm-hmm. yeah. which is it's it's hard to do on SNL because the audience is like a bunch of people who are like, what's going on? Yeah. No offense to those people. <laughs> I've been those people. How do you make sure that they don't bail on it and stop paying attention if you're going to have 
essentially like a minute, 10 seconds of... I know, that's either good or a mistake on our part. I don't remember. Because what does she do for the first... She's just she's sort just of... Saying, like, she's playing your... Yeah. yeah. So hopefully you're getting some like light laughs there off of just laughs, her character. Yeah. From her... And it's also like they interrupt her and yeah. like there is... The, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit in the rhythm of it, uh-huh. but it really is like... It's okay. a long wait. It's a long. <laughs> it is a while because you they go they're like go 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 and then ah fumble and then they oh, repeat yeah. it and then I think like the fourth time you're kind of like the, they're just repeating the same thing, but then it gets to a point where she gets the scissors and tells the kids to get in the car. Yeah. So it, like, <laughs> by the time she sees the screen is blank, then yes. it's nonstop laughing. <laughs> oh yeah, and then their eyes go and black. Their eyes are black. <laughs> and next year. You're now co-head writers. It is oh. your last season on the show. It's Monday before the big game. <laughs> the big game. I can't. I can't I'm, I'm in full football attire, yes, and I'm like, we all know. You can't wait coming. for whatever two teams we're playing that year. Football attire. <laughs> um, I, I imagine at this point you're like, we're going to do a, a third one. We, yeah, we knew, we did know, and yeah. we had known what the idea was going to be for for months, for a while. Because <laughs> I think we were Truly. like, let's do a third one, and we had talked about the idea of this like lesbian love affair and this sort of like indie movie. We knew what it was going to be. And then when we found out who the host was, we were like, this is so comically perfect. It's insane. insane. Yeah. We were truly just like, our asses are on fire. We were like, let's go. This is. <laughs> we were ready to two like. two things had to fall into place. The host had to be Kristen Stewart. No, we were so adamant. We were like, it, if the host is some oh, yeah, guy, we he won't do, be in it. Yeah. Sometimes they Kate need those. We'll yeah. do Kate or something. Yeah. We're like, Kate, Kate be on standby. <laughs> So funny to have Kate McKinnon on standby. Um, (laughs) By the time they told you Kristen Stewart was going to be the host of that episode, you knew you wanted to do it. So yeah, we knew what the idea was, and you were like, "I think we didn't think it was a good idea to do a second video when we did it. We we were nervous and we didn't really have an idea and we weren't sure. But then once we did two, we were like, "Oh, we should make it a a trilogy, like purposely a trilogy on stupid. It was Vanessa's last Mm -hmm. year, and we just had spent so much time with this lady that we were like." She needs to win. Yeah, she we, needs to find her truth. We actually did talk about it. Yeah, in those it's terms, as stupid as that sounds, as we wanted yeah. her to find happiness at the end of it. <laughs> it's true, and I can confirm they are together. To I was going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> they don't live in the states. They, I don't know where they live. Italy. I haven't been. Able, they haven't. They live in is everyone enjoying the big game? Oh, come on, babe. Don't act like you know sports. <laughs> My husband's right. When it comes to the big game, there's only one thing I know about. Feeding my hungry guys. Come on, no! Fumble! And this year's game is bigger than ever, which means I'll be feeding them more Totinos than ever. Babe, we need more Totinos. Dave just got here. Not a problem, because this year I've got the new Totinos Totino 2-pack. It's twice the Totino for twice the hungry guys. Enough yapping. We need the Totinos. Tense here too, and he brought his sister. Great. More hands to help me make delicious Totino's pizza. <laughs> it's Earl's. Oh my. Hi. I'm Sabina. What's your name? I, I've never had one. I'm so sure. I should bring these out. Oh, stay with me. What about my hungry guys? <laughs> what are you hungry for? Come on, go, 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 go,
Hey, babe, we need those Sotinos. What's going on back there? Every big game before this one, I've been asleep at Sabine. To Marie J'ai l'impression que nous sommes seulement les deux personnes sur terre. Nous sommes. They're gonna punt. They're gonna punt. They have to. those Totinos. You girls making out back there? <laughs> You're crazy. Totino. This spring, find you a Totino. So, uh, you mentioned a little bit. So, this one has the most, I feel like the most jokes of all of them. Like, there's so many specific things. Is it just sort of like, okay, French love story, that's it's a Totino's commercial, what is it? Okay, well, I, at some point she yeah. has to run a Totino verb. Uh, well, I think we, like, didn't have to write, like, guys anymore. So we were like, women, gay, we can do this. So that's why there's more jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also not jokes in the traditional sense. It's just, no. like, tonal, tonally committing fully to this being, like, a Totino's love story. There is one... The guys do talk once. We pop out to the guys. Yeah, yeah. And it's just back or something being like, yeah, did you see in the how we tackle that guy? Was, <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like really done. small and stupid. <laughs> well, I will, but it was I, improvised. I remember Sarah made the call because I had, I think I had pitched the idea of this like lesbian story. And I think I assumed or we assumed for a while that it would like leave the kitchen structure and leave the commercial structure and we would follow them on an indie yeah. movie like in their mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. And I, th- or I thought that and Sarah was like, no, it absolutely should just be happening behind the couch, like <laughs> on the kitchen island. The whole story should yeah. happen in the kitchen. Kitchen. And it was like such a dumb no-brainer that I, That's I remember really good at. I remember <laughs> feeling embarrassed that I, that hadn't occurred to me, <laughs> and I volunteered to quit. Yeah, <laughs> I volunteered to quit writing, <laughs> and she would not accept my resignation. But I remembered like Whenever that. Whenever I add to one of Chris's ideas, he tries to quit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, that was what made it so funny to me. So I liked. I liked the, just the little dumb things of them no, like spraying no. water on each other, right. like at the kitchen sink and. Do you remember anything else from shooting? I think I remember the most of this one because I was so happy that it was happening. Because it was so gay and so weird and so specific. And I think because we had done the other two, Lauren and them were like, yeah, just make the third one, sure. Like, But it was, I mean, it worked at table. Yeah. This was the one, we felt so joyous about it. One of the best parts and one of my favorite parts of this this one is, so the husband at some point goes, what's taking you guys (laughs) with these Totinos? You guys making out back there? (laughs) And like... The joke and the guys laughing, like, the joke is on these straight people. Yeah. Like, it just, it, it's just really interesting. You know, what, that, what was that, what did you want that moment to say? As you said, well, this is super. A, that's yeah. such a straight joke in, like, yeah. straight commercials or TV shows, right? You yeah. Making yeah. That that's such that's a their first joke you've joke heard thought. all the time. Yeah. And I think we like that, like, yes, they are actually, they are making, if you, if only you looked, they yeah. are. <laughs> they, if only you would look at your wife once during this I mean, that's why game. it's so, that's why it was so funny to me, the idea that they're all just back there as opposed to running off, like, in the woods together. Yeah. Is that, yeah, he truly has not looked at her for three years. Yeah. And if he just looked, <laughs> he would know. Wow. <laughs> that is beautiful. That joke is that straightness is a joke and that, mm-hmm. like, queerness is the given. Which completely subverts how these co- commercials work. And I think what is interesting is like SNL is a show that's been on 40 years and has 
as anything that's been around for 40 years, Mm -hmm. has a complicated relationship with gay jokes or gay-related jokes. Mm -hmm. And I think that got better. And I think, especially with, like, James Anderson, Paul Pell, gay representation in sketch was better, where, like, you're not just laughing at them, you're laughing with them. But what does it mean to sort of shift the perspective of the show the way this does, where it's not just like, oh, there's gay people in the sketch, but you're like, the point of view of this sketch is gay or is queer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I get everything you're saying and it's something that like when you're writing mm-hmm. it's it's something you like don't think about and you do think about or you don't even know that you're thinking about it's just our point of view it's just yeah. our sensibility it's just what we find funny we write who we like to write for we like we don't go into it by being like today we are going to like reverse 40 you know yeah, we just yeah. but that being said I do think as we did more than one and once we had done all three I think we we did a little bit get a kick out of and did like the fact that a yearly Super Bowl ad was for these three years at least always going to be fronted by a woman and then it was going to be very gay. Yeah. Like I think we did like that a little yeah. bit. In the third year I think we were like I like that the SNL take on the Super Bowl <laughs> is this woman. Yeah. <laughs> like because I don't think it's expected and journey. it certainly hasn't been the case before. So. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard to you're I mean it's a job so you're like Yeah you're, you're in it so you don't think like about typing, it. You're just like typing you're not like thinking oh, about it. Be subverting yeah, you're not thinking about it in a macro sense like but that. But then when you look back, you're like, oh, look at this. We are, I mean, as you said, like, oh, we are people and we have our point of view. And then that just continues through. Yeah, I think yeah, that exactly. all that stuff happens like in hiring. It's like when you hire when you hire different voices, like as writers and cast members, you're going to get a variety of, of you're going to get surprise sketches like this. So then we don't have to like think about it while we're there writing. We just, that's what we write. And so that's what you get. Uh, we'll be back with more Chris Kelly and Sarah Schneider. Hello! Speaking of hello, I want to tell you about HelloFresh, a meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers step-by-step recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. I am a person who enjoys cooking. Does cooking count as a hobby? I hope so, because it's like the only thing I do on the weekends. But, you know, I have a hard time getting things together during the week, and honestly, HelloFresh makes that easier. So each week they send fresh, pre-measured ingredients and easy-to-follow six-step pictured recipe cards to your door in a special insulated box. And then all the meals come together in like 30 minutes max, call for less than two pots and pans, and require minimal cleanup. And honestly, I, I really like the food I tried. So they have three plans to choose from, classic, veggie, and family, and you can switch between the options as you go. Uh, I got the classic. And I found it a good way to get out of the sort of rut of cooking the same things over and over. Like one of the things I made was meatloaf with roasted veggies. And I think I've honestly never uh, eaten meatloaf before. I didn't like understand what it was. I didn't like the word loaf. And uh, sometimes people put hard boiled eggs in it and I thought that was really gross. But I made this meatloaf and I was like, maybe I love meatloaf. I, I, I especially love the, the gravy. Look, I'm no big city chef, pulse suspenders, but I think their secret is they have these stock concentrates that just bring a real depth of flavor to the sauces. Maybe I am a big city chef. So here it is, the special deal HelloFresh is offering good one listeners. Get $80 off your first month by going to HelloFresh.com slash good180 and enter good180. So that's the words good one and then the numbers 80. So G-O-O-D-O-N-E number eight, number zero. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Good180 and enter Good180 and get $8 off your first month of HelloFresh. We are back with Chris and Sarah. So this sketch reminds me of a series of events that happens over the first two episodes of the other two. 
First, in the pilot, Carrie makes out with his straight roommate. And then afterwards, he's talking to Brooke about it, and he says, I don't know. I think he's bisexual because it's not 2010 anymore. Those people are real now. They exist. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically bisexual. No, you're not. You just dress up for pride. Then in the second episode, Carrie and Brooke go to the premiere party for the movie When in Gnome. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Brooke has no place to live, uh, is invited to crash at a woman named Britlin's place. The audience knows Britlin is 11 years old. (laughs) Yes. But Brooke doesn't because Britlin does makeup tutorials and as a result, she looks like she's 30. After, uh, so at her place, Britlin, who again is 11, (laughs) invites Brooke up to her room to play with her toys. Brooke calls Carrie. Carrie, I have an emergency. Where are you? I'll come find you. I'm in Soho. What? Why does everyone keep leaving me? I didn't want to come to this. Okay, Carrie. You know, I've always prided myself on probably being bisexual. Well, I went home with this girl, Britlin, who, you know, offered me a place to crash, and now she wants to have sex, and I'm not into it. I mean, am I a straight woman? That is nothing anymore. Why Why these moments? <laughs> what does it say about Brooke? What does it say about the, the world of the show and the point of view of the show? Basically, our idea for Brooke is when the series starts, she and her little brother becomes famous. She's thrilled. And we as an audience know that she maybe doesn't have her shit together. <laughs> she used to be a professional dancer, but doesn't do it anymore and is now like got a day job. But she's in a rut and doesn't quite know it. So she goes with her little brother to this red carpet premiere. And she's like, I'm a hot, badass, progressive, smart woman. I'm young. I'm cool. Everyone's going to want to talk to me. And this episode is when it starts to kind of fall apart. She starts to realize that maybe she's not as ahead of the curve Mm -hmm. as she thought she was, that like life is a little bit passing her by and that she thinks she's young and cool on top of it. But then she's talking to 11 year olds who are um, have an, a makeup empire or who are already talking about their Rob 401ks. So this was a, a funny way to kind of show that to like, you see that she is really getting along with an 11 year old. It's because in a lot of ways, Brooke has the tastes and interests of an 11 year old. Sure. But um, <laughs> yeah, this is the episode where she sees a bunch of people way younger than her doing way more. And it makes her take stock of like, uh-oh. She thinks she is. Yeah. <laughs> what I mean, it is the thing that you've you guys have done things about. I mean, you have this is not a feminist song. Oh uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you find funny about sort of performed feminism or sort of the the idea of white feminism? This idea is that it all just feels like a minefield, but people are well intentioned going into it, and so it mm-hmm. does feel like a difficult terrain to enter. And you want to proudly be a part of this conversation, but it does feel like you could easily say something or do something in the wrong direction. And also Brooke is very much like, um, like I'm a hot progressive feminist. And it's like, well, in what ways? Like, how do you yeah, live your life as do? such? What do you do? What What do you believe? <laughs> like, if you were to ask her a, fo- a single follow-up question, it would like a house of cards fall apart. Yeah. Um, so it's more of like a, a fun branding as opposed to an actual point of view yeah. you know uh-huh. this clip and then sort of a lot of the plot of the first episode as it relates to Carrie are these sort of straight people who are like have a relationship to gayness that is different than you see in so much that it assumes that people should be somewhat gay like there is a certain sort of like <laughs> oh yeah so like everyone is on a, like it's the most like assumption assumed spectrum sexual comedy mm-hmm. that I could think of okay cool <laughs> that's great What do you find funny about that? What do you find compelling about that? So for Brooke, I think being like, I'm basically bisexual, that's like she's branding herself Mm -hmm. that. And I I think for Brooke, maybe for other people, but let's just keep it to Brooke. It's like, 
I support gay people. I support the LGBT community. Um, so therefore, because I'm also bisexual. And it's like, we don't need you to say you are bisexual. If It's not homophobic if you're straight. <laughs> like, if yeah. you're straight, that's just what you are. You can be straight and support the LGBTQ community. But I think Brooke is like, no, I support in a way that like me too as well. I also yeah, am yeah. that. And it's like, we, you don't need to do that. Um, I think it's part of her wanting to be like relevant and be like involved and be <laughs> like part of the moment of the now. Yeah, because she does say she, in episode two, she's like, what am I just a straight yeah, woman? That's nothing, that's nothing anymore. anymore. <laughs> it's like she wants to use it to yeah. be a yeah. thing yeah. as opposed to actually <laughs> genuinely supporting it. it. Mm-hmm. But for the yeah. straight roommate, I think that's like sort of different. I don't know. The simplest version is like why that storyline, I guess. The, we get into it more as the season goes on, but it's a little bit to kind of tell you things about Carrie's, Carrie. mm-hmm. like where he is, like how comfortable he is in his own skin. You know, you, he's out and he's a gay person, but he's still choosing to be in love with someone who is not going to give it back because maybe that's easier. He's a little not fully comfortable with himself and he's not, um, I don't know. It's like something I like versions of things I relate to where he's like a little, you know, he's out, but he's still like a little self Haiti or, um, it reminded me a little bit in the, uh, other people like, you, you have these gay characters who are jealous of younger gay people. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. They're a like, little confidence in their, yeah. their self-identity and how easily it seems to come to them. It comes to them, yeah. And I think, yeah, that he his relationship is so is so telling about uh, Carrie and it, it allowed us to show his mental state when it comes to how, yeah, I'm just repeating what you said, how comfortable he is. Yeah. With, being out with into that, the yeah. world because that is, um, that's safe, quote unquote. Like if he's in love with this straight roommate, it is never going to become a full, real gay relationship. So he doesn't yeah. have to actually confront those ideas or that his the, the gayness, thing, Yeah, basically. he doesn't need to deal with, like, the problems that he probably know he has yes. deep down. But, I mean, that's a thing we talked a lot about in the writer's room because the premise of the show, I think it sounds like it's two older siblings jealous of their little brother, but we really wanted it to be more than that. And so we really wanted it. We wanted Chase's fame to make Brooke and Carrie confront some shit yeah. that they we're probably going to need to deal with anyways yeah. if he didn't exist. But because he does exist, they have to deal with it in surprising ways. To try to connect it to Tino's, to the other two <laughs> more, which I think Good it works luck. thematically. So uh, though not directly, in, in in some ways the comedy and the pathos and the honor you give this nameless housewife <laughs> is similar to Molly Shannon's character. Whoa. Uh-huh, okay. What draws you to these characters? What do you want to say about them? What do you want to how do you want to portray these people I feel like do not get portrayed so kindly by society? Well, I think we want to just like expand their world, expand their story because it feels like like with Molly's character, we similarly thought that could be very like surface level, very just like stage mom or go in that one direction. But we wanted her to be this multidimensional, you know, recently widowed woman who's not dealing with her issues and is embarking on this year of yes instead. And that just let us expand her story and she's not just popping in just to be like, I, you know, met other stage moms and we went clubbing. It's more in depth with her character. And I think that is similar to Vanessa because we did want to expand her world and her story too. It's there's an easy way to tell a short story about these women. And we like to tell a longer one. I imagine leaving SNL, there's a, you know, desire to stretch ourselves as writers, but there, because the nature of the show and that it's like, related to pop culture things it allows you to still find comedy in like more like now things was that important to you is that something that you think yeah. is like ultimately part of your interests 
Yeah, I think when we were thinking about this show and thinking about leaving SNL, we were we our last year, I was going to say our senior year. Our last year <laughs> there, we were so like deeply ingrained in the political scene and keeping on top of all of that. And we knew we kind of wanted to like step away from that in our work, but we loved writing stuff that was topical and felt like pop culture. We loved satirizing that with our like we loved doing the music videos and stuff. So that does feel like a little bit of a lifeblood of what we like to write. And so it felt only natural that that would be we would keep living in that world a little bit. Yeah. But we want we wanted that with the balance of like grounded storytelling. Like we still wanted it yeah. to have heart and be like human and ultimately be about the character. So this was we found this was like a a good way to mash the two together. I was going to ask about that because I think it's an you know, you leave and you could do whatever you want. Like the industry can't be like yes to it, but you're allowed to write whatever you want. You can yeah, try exactly. to do whatever. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> like I, but like especially that's just you make a decision what is the thing that we want to yeah, make and yeah. i think and also like what is what are people buying like oh it's usually sort of these dramedies things and, and so as you know why this sort of and i mean like chris you made other people and you had worked on master none at this point why this specific tone i feel like a lot of times you comedy writers when they ask about it, it's like you know we're just driven by what we find funny but like mm-hmm. you're also writing clearly drama also so what is this? What is this specific balance of tone that is specific and different than other versions mm-hmm. of it that was like, this is where we wanted to be? Well, I think even when we were at SNL, we had like, we started going towards pieces that were a little, had some drama in them. Like some of those pieces we wrote are like that Fatal Attraction parody with Kellyanne is like a drama. <laughs> um, and I think we just liked that. We liked that combination of tone and the shows that we were watching and enjoying had that similar tone like Fleabag and You're the Worst and we just and High Maintenance and they had a the similar yeah. combination of the two. And so when we came into when we decided to write a show, we knew we wanted to be able to do both because we like writing both of those things. Yeah. And they complement each other. Was it hard to figure out how to like, you know, a joke people don't say f- professionally written funny things in real life. So like, is it hard? That That's is, we, we talk specific. about that. That yeah. is a thing that kind of annoys us in TV a little bit. Or not annoys us. Not I mean, annoy. like, but that our... that isn't our, yeah, when you can feel a character setting themselves up for a joke. <laughs> or it's like, we always say that it's something being like, I haven't been this tired since. It's like, no one does that. <laughs> no one talks like that. And that's not bad. Like we, I like that happens in shows. And that's just like not, that's a good example of like not what we wanted to do. We wanted it to be the jokes just come from the characters or like yeah. their humiliations or the things that they go through and not be less like I'm a character saying a joke and you're saying a joke back to me. Yeah, because they're like you can those scripts are masterpieces. Like as writers, we can yeah. look at them and be like, holy crap, there is a joke every other line. How? But you can never fully get in with the characters because you're kind of kept at arm's length. Yeah, by, we, yeah, we by wanted people to still like feel like they just talk like how yeah. people talk. People I don't talk. know. At least yeah. us. I'm not trying to throw shade. No. Oh, yeah. But um, <laughs> we also, yeah, but I know we. the answer is what you said is annoying. We just wrote <laughs> just what we thought saying. would be funny, you know? Because we, we were like, this is our first thing we're going to try to do. We might as well at least try to make something that we 100% mm-hmm. like and stand by, whether it works or it doesn't, because mm-hmm. we only get one chance to try to say, like, hey, this is our first thing we could do if we got to do anything. Well, we started with um, the fart sketch, the farts commercial in the cold open is a sketch that we tried twice on SNL, and it's one of our favorite sketches we ever wrote, and we loved it so much, and it just didn't work. So we were like, starting from there, (laughs) we know we have that. What world can Uh, we build around this? Well, and often (laughs) the cold opens play 
rhythmically a bit like sketches. Yeah. 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 So it's like, okay, there's comedy. We promise you there's comedy at parts of this show. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm always interested in writing partnerships like yours because you, you've talked about, you know, linking in SNL and you, because your sensibilities lined up and, and, you know, but you've evolved since and, you, you know, it still does. But, you know, in what ways does it not? And in what ways does that expand what you would have done if sort of by yourselves? Mm-hmm. And, Sub question: What ways does it not line up where you it sort of can't be? You're like, oh, that's yeah. something I'd have to do on my own. Well, I think we've definitely grown together and like solidified our tone since we started writing together. But I will say that first starting to write with Chris really impacted because I was at College Humor, which is like 95% male, and so you kind of I my younger my like mid twenties I spent writing two men sort of, mm-hmm. um, and you know the ideas that felt a little more female skewing we didn't there wasn't an audience for them so they wouldn't make like every once in a while I would scoot one through but like going so you were excited to write with someone without a male energy is what you're saying (laughs) yes someone more feminine than me you know no I I was excited because I got to SNL and Chris was already like writing like more in a for everyone but for women tone Uh I don't know why I just and the women there were so inspiring to write with so like you also said you – I remember someone asked us this question a long time ago, and the answer you gave was that our voices are pretty similar, but if you had to choose, you would say you're sillier and I'm darker, mm. which now I don't think that's quite the answer because I kind of yeah. can't tell where it ends and starts because we really overlap. <laughs> yeah. almost, it's almost like a perfect circle now, probably because our voices have turned into one after eight years. But maybe, yeah, because you came from College Humor and I came from The Onion, and so I think maybe mine had a like a – my writing had like a sharper edge to it or it was darker yeah. or more, not pessimistic. I don't know, darker. Yeah, and I was maybe Like knee jerk, it, you would be like silly and I'd be like deaf. And I'd be like, and we put together. them together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So to close on one last question about Totino's, you know, you did a lot at SNL, a lot that it was really great. You had the songs and you had Bernie and Hillary. Which are, and like a lot of stuff that's really personal to yourselves, really true to your experience. You've hired some really people that like I think even when you're gone have I think changed what SNL is you know what does you know when you think about it what is what do you feel about Totino's you know like <laughs> what do you but like as you know it's your mm-hmm. artists that move forward mm-hmm. what does that experience you feel like shaped you well it's really nice like I watched them back for this and it was it's nice to like watch something again and still feel excited about it or still laugh at it and yeah. have jo- I mean obviously you wrote it for your you wrote it so it's like you're the best audience for it. Yeah. But there's like so many things that you can look back at and be like, "Oh, that wasn't so many things that I've looked back at even yeah. not where you're just like, "Ooh, that wasn't quite worth it or <laughs> doesn't hold up or something." Especially nice. a lot of that I'm political of stuff that last year, you know, know. you we spent our last year at SNL, which I truly loved. So this is not, but you spend so much of your last year just being responsive to the news. Yeah. Just you have you're constantly chasing it, and uh, something you write one week is so old and wrong and not a part of the story a week later. Totally. And it was very fun to do the like lightning in a bottle stuff and like write something on the day something mm-hmm. happened. But they don't have like a long shelf life. So it's weird because even when you were asking like what is a sketch you would want to talk about, we both were like, should we do Totino's? <laughs> I, I don't know. They're just sweet. We like them. Yeah. We love Vanessa. We, I mean, it's embarrassing. We like the happy ending that this character has. <laughs> I think we, I think that is some, a good, it's indicative of our tone. We yeah. like that it starts yeah. like a little hard and like a little mean towards this like straight male football vibe. 
And then it yeah. doesn't, it's not even about that. It's just like a woman just finding happiness. <laughs> it is crazy. It starts with such a me, J.K. Simmons, and then ends where it ends. Yeah. Well, I am it, like happier or like um, in hindsight proud that those sketches were on SNL, not in a like <laughs> we changed it way or something. I just, I don't know. You maybe couldn't have seen them on that, sh- on the I, show. Like, it, I think what you're, it doesn't feel like something that would have been on SNL before you were there writing for us. Like, <laughs> it's mean, like so actually, yes, yeah. right? But it's like, you see it, and I think hearing it's like, one, you're like, we're still the people that wrote that. You're like, that's still uh-huh. connects to us. It's not like, oh, we're just, we can write sketches so we can write about, but also, you're like, that That stuff was just, it just wasn't on SNL. Like, it's mm-hmm. why, though you didn't notice you're subverting something, it is why you look, and you're like, that is subverting what was on the show. Uh-huh. Um, that's nice. And that's it's nice. nice, you know, like... Not a lot of people do. And also, it wouldn't <laughs> exist without Vanessa. I mean, she's the yeah, life for, I mean, it's it's like a no-dub. But, I mean, she has such a specific voice that's so funny and also so different than a lot of other people on the show. It's like she just – she does what she does so perfectly well and better than anybody else. So it was a, it's like a joy to look back and watch them because of her too. Yeah, because she's dead now. She's dead. It was <laughs> – so dead. It's sad. She is What dead. a memorial, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That sound means it's time for the final segment, which is the laughing round. It's like a lightning round, but because it's comedy, it's a laughing round. Cute. What sketch do you wish you could sort of steal? Like a sketch that existed that you wish that not only you wrote, like you wish that no one ever, like the person who wrote it didn't exist. It is your sketch. It always was your sketch and you wrote it. Interesting. Wells for Boys. I thought was like yeah. I loved that sketch when I saw it the first time. Julio Torres. I know. I th- wait. I thought I was gonna give like an all timer answer, like a sketch from twenty years ago. But oh. the Did first you pick- no. But I'm saying my first thing that I thought was a thing that I I saw on the show this year, that made me laugh so hard. I watched it fifty times. I texted Allison's? Kate about it. Yeah. The um teacher fell down. Yeah, Allison Gates. It's so weird. Do you know what that sketch yeah, yeah, is? Yeah, of course. Where it just opens on Kate already on the ground and her teacher the teacher fell yeah. and she's just like you know class I know this is weird for you like you're so used to seeing the teacher above you but I'm below you <laughs> and when it started I actually went to go rewind my TV because it looked like the setup was yeah. missing <laughs> but it's, no it just goes right in it was so bizarre and felt so clearly like one person sense of humor who is it? Allison Gates Allison Gates yeah she's a writer this year that I instantly was like I wish I could steal it and now cut out all that and so then Sarah and I wrote, teacher fell down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I were to pick a different sketch of yours to want to do this about, it would be Wishing Boot. Oh, my God. That was, we all, <laughs> I love Wishing Boot. That's Can you tell backup. me sort of everything about Wishing Boot that you, in a maybe a minute, like a minute version of that? This we is- love Wishing Boot. Wishing Boot came fully formed from Chris. Like, wi- Chris was like, let's do a country song about a little black boot that like, that makes all your you wishes come true. I think I text because we always whenever we write music videos we text ideas all night the four of us yeah. and then we like the next day we'll be like oh that one you texted kind of stood with me yeah and that one we didn't do it we talked about a bunch I, of things and then I was like guys I'm I probably gonna be wrong I might be wrong but I think it could be enough I think so I <laughs> was anti wish and boot. I was just like, this wow. is too small and I know. can't go anywhere. And so I shut up. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we just needed to brainstorm on it because like on its surface, it isn't anything. Yeah. But, but then, then when we watched the, a bunch the, of other mm-hmm, music videos, yeah. they are all wish and boot. Yeah. They are all about like, God, like 
and gods, all about gods. Yes. <laughs> but they're all about like a thousand different people down and out in a different ways. And then the Lord came and gave them everything they wanted. Yeah, that was the piece that we figured out that was sort of missing or some, or not, not yeah. missing, but just the idea there was like all these different stories that yeah, once they it, once it, it got bonkers, like truly the wish and boot, like got her out of jail. We were like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. if we make it so dumb. And also Blake Shelton, it, oh, it was like God. what we said earlier with Andrew Garfield, um, when you have the person doing the thing they're supposed to do the most, it legitimizes it so much. <laughs> that was that's my favorite. We thing. loved that so much <laughs> that after we were like, and Blake Shelton loved it so much that after we were like, do you think he would play Wish and Boot at one of his concerts? <laughs> like, do you think that would ever happen? And at, like, of course not. No, but not we, only that, like, but but Sarah would like, do you think so he would? Much. And I was like, it's a full no brainer. He will open with it. It actually will be his encore. He will. The fans will die. And we're like, we're going to go to the Country Music Awards with this. One week later, absolutely, he probably doesn't remember he no, did yeah. it. And then also I was like, do you think I can keep the boot? And so many people were like, yeah, no, it's just a boot. You can have it. And I was like, I have the boot. <laughs> you do have the boot. Do you, you have, have the boot? boot? Um, no, a museum came and picked it up. <laughs> I have the boot. I have it's the boot. A, it makes us laugh because it's such a dumb idea. I don't almost yeah. even feel... You feel like pretentious talking about yourself or about like sketches, but that sketch is so dumb that I can only just be like, I love that yeah, dumb little baby. Because they, cutie. when we were shooting it, remember it was like they had to have Suspended. like a boot hanging on like a string, <laughs> yeah. and they had all these lights and fog pointed at it, and cameras going around it, and a man would like spin the boot. It was so dumb. So, man who smells a fart. It was famously your answer to the question, "What is a sketch that you never got on the air?" So now you are being interviewed and you need to have a new answer. A new answer. answer. So time to debut the new answer oh of God. what we wish we'd we gotten wish on the air. We'd gotten on the air. We almost tried to put it in the show, but we couldn't do yeah. it. We tried it so many times. When we tried it the first time. <laughs> what is it? Yes. When we tried it the first time, it absolutely should have gone. Yes. And then we tried it a few other times and it was, we should it should not have gone. Sure. And what but is it was sketch? a bunch of kids, like eight-year-olds sitting around playing celebrity, but the way that they got people to guess who the celebrity was was just, like, who that celebrity had, like, peed on or, like, beat up or, like, assaulted or brought a gun. Because, like, every famous person. But now it feels, like, too, like, on the nose or something. But there was a one week when it didn't feel on the nose, and we tried to get it on. It didn't get picked. And then we tried it, like, three months later, and it felt so on the nose just in three months. I know. That's so true. Because we like that that's just, like, the reference for all. We like the casual energy of, yeah. kids now. We also did age sex (laughs) <laughs> this was bad. This isn't good. No, that wasn't it. Um, we did, we tried a. No, that's good. It should have gone. That was. It was also a talk stupid. show. It was just literally a, an impression parade. Yeah, you say it. People coming on, but well, oh, it was. Sec- it was it just was celebrities coming on, and a host would be, "Hi, thank you so much for being here. Whoever you are, age," and they would say their age, and they would say, "Okay, net worth, net worth." And they would say their net worth, and then they would say, "Okay, great." And now we're going to take a, take now a let's quick see, shot of your feet. Now let's see your feet. Let's great. see your feet. And okay, thank thanks you. so much for being here. And it was just that a phrase. Let's see funny. those little toes. Okay, great. And things. <laughs> it was just like my love into Miglia and like an impression parade of actors. And yeah, did it? It did it, not go. <laughs> Good emphasis. And so, what are we singing? What were you just? Oh, singing? there was a talk show that we wrote with Kate and Adie as old women who had lived in the same apartment together for decades and it was a talk show and they sang little like show tunes because they had met <laughs> it was it, yeah, it was like was 80 so year old actresses silly. who like lived in the Carlisle and like hosted a talk show out of their hotel and all their guests were other like 80 year old stand-ups and 
and magicians. It made from us laugh so much, and it God killed dang. at the table. And I specifically remember people in the control room being like, "You guys are gonna have to write a thousand of these." <laughs> and then and it, it didn't ate. work. Shit. It would be huge. <laughs> it would be like a female Oh Hello, and it'd be like on Broadway for you. Yeah, I, I will know, say Oh Hello was stolen from the sketch, and I would. I'm saying this now on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the end. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. That's it for another episode of Good One. Saturday Night Live airs, I think, Saturday nights, and I'm pretty sure it's live. Uh, the other two airs Thursdays on Comedy Central. Follow Chris on Twitter, at I'm Chris Kelly. You can follow Sarah on Twitter, at Sarah Snyder, but uh, she truly never uses it. Good One is produced by Mike Comite. Justin D. Wright did our theme song. Write, review, and rate the show on Apple Podcasts. Five stars, please. And hey, if you know anyone who might, you know, like the podcast, maybe tell them. What the heck? You can email any comments, questions, or laughing around suggestions to goodonepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Jesse David Fox, and you can follow me at Jesse David Fox. We'll be back with a new episode and a new joke next week. Have a good one. That was a HeadGum Podcast.